Fashion and supply chain go hand in hand, so it would only make sense to have a supply chain platform dedicated to this ever-changing and booming industry, helping fashion houses and retailers, big and small, to use supply chain as their competitive advantage. If you missed my conversation with founder Suchi Ramesh last week, go and check it out at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash episode 102, because she talks about her new innovative platforms that are helping fashion houses everywhere. Welcome to Let's Talk Supply Chain. My name is Sarah Barnes-Humphrey, and each week I bring you the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, new innovation, and most up-to-date information about supply chain. I believe that collaboration is the future of business, and I have designed this show to ensure you have all the information you need to succeed in business and in your supply chain. I grew up with supply chain in my blood. I spent eight years in logistics operations and another eight in sales talking to shippers and BCOs, learning all about their pain points. Visibility is one of the biggest blockers to supply chain performance and knowing where your cargo is, well, that's just the beginning. What you really wanna do is avoid surprises. Terminal 49 is an ocean freight visibility platform that's out to change the game for importers and brokers. They provide an easy to use unified dashboard with track and trace functionality to replace querying hundreds of separate steamship line and terminal websites. Just by entering the bill of lading number, you will receive proactive alerts when there's an ETA change, container holds, or anything that requires action. Best of all, they can automatically update all the data you need for forecasting directly in the systems you use today, even spreadsheets. Check out Terminal49.com forward slash LTSC to learn more about Terminal 49, and they've agreed to give Let's Talk Supply Chain listeners 20% off their first year. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Since we are past Valentine's Day and I'm super hopeful that spring is just around the corner because it has been a long winter. You want to know what else is just around the corner? TPM. I am going to be interviewing guests in my very own live stream both on the Monday, March the 2nd and Tuesday, March the 3rd. So stay tuned for that. Plus, I'm going to be moderating panels and I cannot wait to meet everyone who's going to be there. You know who else is going to be there? My guests for today. They are dominating the freight rate management and analytics solution space with their revolutionary platform. But before I let you in on who we are speaking to today, let's get to the question of the week. So the question of the week was what are your top supply chain searches online and everybody seems I love all the answers that came out from this because now we get to see you know what people are searching what people are interested in in supply chain and so Lisa Fenton she says I don't always go to Google sometimes I go to our partners 3PLs or the factories if it's something very specific Bettina says I have quite a few searches that I look at, but I usually look for fashion, circular, luxury, and ethical on a daily basis, as I like to see how these concepts tie into the overall global supply chain. 
Schneeha says, for me, it's almost always Google, and then I go to the news section to get the latest bites or more information. She goes on to say that she usually searches for supply chain trends, supply chain innovation, and supply chain tech. Kay Lee says, I'm fairly new to the supply chain industry, so Google has been my best friend in the last six months. My initial searches were extremely broad, like key info to know about the supply chain inf uh, industry. But as I've learned more and more about supply chain, it has changed to what are INCO terms, essential clauses in international agreements. These are great, Kaylee, and I'm sure they're going to help all some of the supply chain management students that are coming up out of the colleges and the university. And Audrey says, Google supply chain. And I replied to her and said, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get a lot of that on Instagram. What a great conversation. If you would like to see more of the conversations and connect with everyone who commented, go to Listener's Corner at letstalksupplychain.com. All the dialogue and the links are there. So let's get back to today. Virgil Ferreira is the CEO of Catapult, and they are leading the market in freight rate management. I am looking forward to hearing more about what they do and how they help customers, as I find it very important these days with so many platforms and technology companies coming into the supply chain space that we understand the roles and how they can help us so we can navigate them successfully. So let's get to know a little bit more about Virgil. Prior to Catapult, Virgil Ferreira was part of the founding team of BCG Exchange, a Boston consulting group service and the formative years of Intra. During his tenure at BCG Exchange, Virgil was co-head of the business where he focused on the commercial and operational engagements with ocean carriers and leasing companies. At Intra, his experience focused on the development of e-commerce across the ocean carrier, freight forwarder, and BCO customer segments. Virgil was the MD for Latin America and North America at Intra, developing e-commerce adoption across global NVOs and BCOs. In later years, he managed the relationship and e-commerce development for ocean carriers while stationed in Europe. In his role as Catapult CEO, Virgil leads the execution of the Catapult strategy and shaping the company's product vision to continue leading digitization in the shipping industry. He's a true people person believing that an employee culture of teamwork and a rewarding work-life balance for Catapult's employees around the world are key to the company's success. So welcome to the show, Virgil. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me on. Very excited to be here and talk to you about uh, what we do here at Catapult. Yeah, I'm really excited. You know, thank you for agreeing to come on the show and sharing with us in more detail who Catapult is and what exactly you do. Because, you know, with your extensive career in this space, I'm also excited to hear your thoughts on digitalization and where you think the industry is headed. But before we do that, let's get started. Tell us more about Catapult and what is the story behind the brand? So Catapult really started uh, due to the issue that the founders themselves were having. Uh, they were right in the middle of the manual process uh, of gathering all these rates from Word, Excel documents, and then they were really uh, having to, to figure out how they get all this in one place where they can compare everything, quote out their clients, and, and win business. So uh, they just wanted to fix the issue, decided to, to gather some local developers, uh, really didn't have funding in the beginning, so it was trial and error. Uh, they focused on on the ocean side of the business, 
they found a partner uh, in a customer that was willing to work with them and through through the beginning stages and then uh, really got going. And, you know, a major turning point for Catapult was when we uh, really hired some experts in the field and experts right in the contract management side of things. So uh, we were lucky enough to bring some experts from both carriers and forwarders and then that expertise really uh, was oozed out to the clients and we started to sell with expertise and then the software came after. So it was a really, really nice story to see it come from, you know, an idea of, of an issue that was really happening and then actually solving that and, and clients being really happy with, uh, with, the, with the results. Absolutely. And I like how you walk us through from the beginning and really, you know, show us what the um, what the successes are like, but also the challenges along the way of a startup, because, you know, that's reality, right? You need to find people that believe in the product as a customer to really help you drive it forward. And um, also, you make a really good point about having people with the knowledge of the industry on your team so that you can really fine tune it and make sure that it's something that your customers want. So now let's get into exactly what, what do you do? What, what is it that your platform does? So essentially we focus on uh, software as a service. Uh, we provide a rate marketplace uh, to our clients uh, that allows them to have a repository for rates across all the different modes uh, so that's from ocean, air, ground, uh, and, and our software um, is allowing clients to have, you know, different controls on margins, uh, who's viewing the rate data, um, and a lot of other quoting capability for the folder, uh, and, and really allows them to have a lot of data components in one location to make the best decision uh, to win business and to be more profitable. We, we have you know, uh, data also from LCL providers, as an example, uh, you know, ground guys like IMS. Uh, what we've also started to do is actually, you know, collaborate with, uh, with uh, other data insight information platforms like Zanetta, where we bring in their benchmark data and then allow our clients, as they're looking and comparing their own internal data, to compare to what the benchmark is uh, as the industry is having, uh, to make the best decisions and, you know, become more profitable in the end. That's the goal. That's great. I mean, I remember my days in operations and having to not only do operations, but also having to quote customers and rates were everywhere. You know, rates were all over the place. You know, my X-Works rates were somewhere, my ocean freight rates were somewhere else. And I had to go through a long list. <laughs> and then any yeah. ancillary charges, you know, PSS, BAF, any of the additional charges right. were in a different spot. And so it was so tedious and so manual and, you know, people were wondering why you made mistakes and it's kind of like, well, yeah, I mean, it, it is really all over the place. It's all these different formats that are coming from, from the different carriers and one can mean one thing, the other can mean a different thing. Uh, so we actually have some solutions in the system that allow you to really group a lot of these surcharges. So like you're saying, you know, issues with like bath bunker, all the different naming conventions that you'd have, right? We yeah. can actually group them. So then when, when the user is looking and, and comparing in the software, 
they actually compare more of an apples to apples comparison and can then see, okay, uh, this carrier has all this included, this one doesn't. So what's my best way to go out and go out to the client? Am, am, am I really missing some rates or not? And, you know, a lot of different features that we have in the system allow it to be a more standard view when the user is actually looking at all that. So I can understand the, the pain uh, that you've gone through. It's also, yeah. you know, where, where we come in and, and really give that uh, solution to our clients. So, Which know. is great. You know, and that's just one, I'm sure, of the challenges that people faced. I mean, I know that was just one of the challenges that I faced being in sales or in operations, having to do mm -hmm. both. Um, but what are the other challenges that you're seeing, um, you know, that your customers are facing when it comes to freight rate management? Yeah. Um, well, you know, technology, right, has has improved over the years, and I mean, the buzz in in the freight industry around tech these days is it's very exciting. There's there's so much uh, being developed, and, and we're right in the middle of that. But what what we're also seeing is, even though new technology is there, you know, the the challenges for the the folders and the BCOs hasn't really changed. Uh, what what they're looking for at the end of the day is what's the, the market rate? What's the best rate? Uh, how do I forecast that? And then, you know, how do I go about uh, making the best decision to be more profitable? So that's in the essence still the issue. And then, you know, I have things in the industry happening like uh, carry consolidations, right, that we've been through on the ocean side. Then you have even now forwarders being part of, of, of a uh, carrier. So, there's a lot of a lot of changing parts, you know, IMO 2020 now and the impacts that that's having on rates. So a lot to, to deal with. We've also actually seen um, just because of the volume that we, we process for our clients. We have a lot of global global clients in our in our um, network. Uh, we've seen an increase of at least 25 percent, just 25 percent on the same amount of contracts, same contract, 25 percent more amendments. Um, in, in volume just because of all wow. the changes that are happening in the industry. So there's a lot of rate fluctuation. Um, as you were saying before, you know, the, the, the surcharges and then new surcharges that show up um, are, are difficult to manage. And, you know, then that actually has those downstream uh, effects, right? So if you can't manage your, your rates properly, then you're going to have... Uh, Perhaps you will have, you know, uh, some audit challenges and, and you right. know, viewing what's a buy rate versus what's in the actual invoice that you're then receiving. So uh, there's there's definitely uh, a lot there. Um, you know, technology, talking about other challenges, uh, technology has enabled some, some good products to come out. So like spot rates, uh, some of the ocean carriers are now providing uh, spot rates through through API. Uh, but then, you, you know, through that, you, you, you have one or two guys doing it. So not everyone. So you still have spot rates in one platform, but then you still need to gather the rest in another platform right. or Excel sheets and then bring it all together. So there's a lot there. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, same, same challenges to sum it up. Um, you know, getting my best market, uh, rate and then, uh, how do I best, manage that and gather all the information to make the best challenges so that I don't have the freight audit challenges down the line. Um, because you know, it's, it, 
another issue that that I see and, and a challenge that a lot of the companies have is is they you know need to then so we're, we're a platform that provides the rate management and then you know that data needs to go into a TMS so we, we connected TMS to get that data there and then you know go through the process the TMS themselves they don't have this complex business rules engine uh, that like a catapult would have to then actually manage all of the intermodal routing or all of the uh, rate fluctuation and actually having your last updated uh, rate in the in the system. So that's where we come in and then, you know, feed that data over to, to a TMS, let's say. Well, and that data is really important. And you brought up, you know, a point around auditing. I mean, at the end of the day and at the end of the year, if you're not really able to manage those freight rates um, well, properly, and utilizing the data um, as well as you possibly can, how are you going to get a good financial healthy snapshot of what exactly your business is doing, Mm -hmm. you know, especially from a freight forwarder standpoint. And I think that this is something that they have struggled with for a very long time, right? Because you like you said, everything has been manual. The freight rate management has been manual. Things have been missed. Mistakes have been made. Um, you know, maybe an overcharge, maybe an undercharge, but there's really nothing that right. they've had previously as a tool to really, you know, effectively take a look at the business and say, you know, this is where the gaps are. This is what we're doing. This is where we're undercharging. Um, and this needs to be cleaned up and fixed. And I think that if forwarders aren't doing this by the end of 2020, I think they've got another thing coming. You know, I think that it's, it's yeah. you know, I, I think that 2020 is the year that everybody really needs to figure out their stuff and get things rolling and starting, um, especially starting with data. Right. So anyway, this might yeah, I mean, and, and I, I think, you know, just, just to add on to that forwarders, right. They're majority of forwarders are trying to manage their rates in some way, shape or form, right. Many, you know, through, through a platform like ours, but many others in more than, than those that are having a platform, in a very manual way. So what that impacts is, is, you know, the speed to market and the speed to market. And at the end of the day is going to be what allows you to win more business. Uh, if you're having these tools, that are not just Excel based and, you know, getting all the data together and actually applying other data on top of it to make the best decisions to make the most margins from a forwarder perspective or from a BCO perspective, looking and seeing, okay, is this carrier really servicing me at the market rate? Um, then, yeah, they're going to be behind. Uh, and, and you're right. I mean, uh, it, it needs to, to move. And, and we're happy to have a solution that, that helps um, our client base with that. Well, and you you said it, you nailed it on the head there with speed to market. I mean, no longer are shippers going to be waiting, you know, six days for rates, right? That is totally yeah. up the past. And if it's taking you even 24 hours, I really think that um, you need to take a look at your core business and what you're doing. So who is a typical yeah. client for you? Um, maybe size, industry, um, and why? Yeah, we, we we touched on it a little bit. I I think you know we we talk a lot about folders. So mid size to global folders is 
is really where um, a lot of the the features in, in our software cater to. Um, you know, they they have those challenges around the multimodal quoting, a uh, very large number of vendors, a uh, large customer base. They need to, you know, load all of those buy rates and, and have an easy way to create the sell rate. So that that is the core of it. But, you know, as the technology and, and digitization is is really going across the market, then, you know, technology has also enabled the solutions and, and from our side enabled us to, to look at to be the BCOs and uh, also some smaller forwarders. So um, we, we've we developed and, and we have some self-service models where, um, you know, this the smaller forwarder can also, you know, work to, to load their own data into the system. Um, like I mentioned earlier, you know, one of our differentiators in the early stage when we really started to have growth was the experts from the market. And those experts uh, help us, you know, manage the contracts and do a full service for a lot of those midsize and global uh, forwarders out there or, or BCOs. Um, but for the smaller forwarder, we're now with, with new technology. Uh, we're we're having you know more solutions that cater to them. So, it kind of goes a little bit ac- across across all, but you know, mid-sized global forwarders uh, would would benefit more from a full service perspective than smaller forwarders. You know, would have a more cost-effective um, solution with self-service. I like that because you know, obviously, there's forwarders of all sizes out there. Um, and, you know, I think that it would be, you know, great to be able to provide and that you provide that platform that everybody can use, right? All forwarders can use, all forwarders can get their rate management house in order, uh, maybe their data house in order when it comes to freight management. So, um, I think that's great. And it's just going to make everybody that much more competitive. Um, and it's going to give shippers a lot more choice as well. So I know from my experience, uh, working with a freight forwarder and working inside a freight forwarder, RFQs are something that are necessary, but let me tell you, they were not my favorite thing. And I don't think anybody really likes doing them, but I hear that catapult is doing something to take the pain out of RFQs. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Yeah, we we have uh, another solution within our rate management software. So we do the core, right, in the rate management, uh, making sure that those rates are accurate because that is the core of the business at the end of the day. It's what will allow you to be profitable. If you make a mistake on uh, $50 or $100 on a container and there's multiple containers in that shipment, uh, you're going to have an issue, right? So that's the core of what what we have is is in that rate management process. But then, yes, we have uh, RFQ solutions on top of it. So for you know smaller requests on multi lane uh, within that core solution QMS, uh, you do have um, features that allow you to pull across different uh, modes or or then uh, just. Yeah, multiple trade lanes, and then that uh, very easily uh, then returns, you know, uh, rate sheets basically uh, that you can then export out and, and and quote back to your client. But for the more sophisticated tenders, right? What the solution does, the core of what it's doing is basically receiving. And you know, I mean, if you've been in it, you know this very well. The the different formats 
that each one of you know your your customers is sending you to quote. Um, it allows you to map that into your internal format that you use uh, within your organization, and then using and leveraging our QMS system where we do the rate management, it will pull all of that rate data into one standard form in your internal template, allows you to very easily apply those uh, margins that you may want to apply, or also easily see where you you may not have uh, rate data and you, you need to procure it to bid. So it facilitates that process. And then once once you have that completed, you, you then have a feature that allows you to convert it back to the form that you received it and then uh, send back over to your client a, uh, a, a completed uh, RFQ. Uh, at the core, that's, that's the solution that we have there, uh, and, and that's uh, what it will you know, solve for clients today. Yeah, which is great because I remember, you know, some RFQs, RFPs are massive, right? Like you get this huge yeah. file with, you know, Excel spreadsheets that's color coded and there's, you know, 20 tabs right. underneath. I mean, yeah. when I saw that, um, you know, it was not a happy day. <laughs> yeah, no, and because of technology today, again, I mean, things have improved, right? So then you have a, a lot more ability to, to do these mappings and have you know, intuitive interface where you can actually, you know, a user can just go and, and do the mapping themselves of one format to the next. Then what we also have that, that is, you know, helping clients is we have some experts that have actually managed this process. So the tender process, we have some that manage the, the global tender process for, for, for some carriers. Uh, and they'll sit together with, with the client and understand how they go about their tender process and then uh, what pieces of, of their internal process our solution covers. Of course, we try to cover 100%, but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not always the case, and, and we need to you know, uh, go after the, the low-hanging fruit and where we can win. Um, we will be having, actually, talking about RFQ, we will be having further development here in 2020 um, as, as well as to probably leak a little bit into 2021, um, more, more features coming on that solution. That's great because I think, um, as you expand that solution and maybe get some feedback from the current customers, um, it sounds like it's really going to be that go-to solution for RFQs and RFPs that, you know, everybody's going to want to use because it just makes it that much simpler and it reduces the amount of operations time. It reduces the amount of team, your team's time. Cause I mean, an RFP doesn't just fall on the salesperson, right? They need to get no, everybody no. involved. And so, right. So the, the, sorry to cut you off no. there, but the solution actually does have, um, you know, some features where when you receive that format, right, it, you're expected to, to fill it out across trades. So it does have the feature to, to basically, uh, you know, distribute by the region or by people that need to fill that particular data out. And they may, they may have, uh, you know, a need to, to view their specific data, apply their knowledge to, to, to the, you know, rate data that's being imported from the QMS system. And then consolidate once again to to go back to the client. So it does do a little bit of that because you're right. You know, it's not just the the, the sales guy that's going to have to look at it, but it does have that workflow mechanism to distribute out to to all of the uh, 
the necessary parties to, to complete a bid. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's going to be great. I think one thing that I might throw in there is maybe just a friendly reminder, you know, a really nice wave mm-hmm. to say, Hey, we did. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, we've talked a lot about what you guys do. You have some really extensive background in this space, especially from a technology standpoint. So what do you think are the top three things companies should be focusing on for 2020? Well, I guess before I I go there, you know, talking about rate data and what we do, again, I think I mentioned before, it's it's a very core um, part of a process for a forwarder, for a BCO. And, you know, where we're seeing things go today uh, and where they will be going is just we spoke about speed to market and we're talking about 24 hours, but maybe you don't even want that. So, you know, customer-facing platforms, we have some of that solution, but we can also work with other customer-facing platforms. But in order for those customer-facing platforms to work, they actually need to um, be able to receive that data and, and know how to manage that data. So we can manage the data, feed that data into those systems. Um, and, and, you know, uh, talking about the, the three things I see, you know, there's, there's, you know, I'd say, you know, interoperability with with uh, different systems. So, addressing that across the IT infrastructure, um, allowing your system to to communicate with other systems, like I was saying, you know, customer facing platform or TMS systems, gathering data from other systems to be able to then put additional insights on top of it. I think that's going to be key. Um, Looking at your legacy systems and seeing if there's any of those legacy systems that are restrictive and and really not allowing you to uh, keep up with the technology trends um, and and making sure that you're either removing them or you're enhancing them to get to a place where they can work with, you know, the new tech uh, coming in. And then I'd say that the third one is, is the old school one, but it's, you know, focused on the customer. Uh, because now you, we keep on talking about digital and, and digitizing and, and speed to market, and, and they're really expecting that. So focusing on the customer and understanding what's the expectation that they're having. Um, you know, do they uh, want to to see that rate data, you know, on the spot? Yes, that's what they expect today. When When they're shopping online or doing anything online there they do a search it's there they can make a decision they can book etc etc so you know focusing on the customer understanding the digital journey that they want to go on um and and then be a partner and work with them on that absolutely and i think that integration um you know i think that point is really really important especially in 2020 i mean let's make sure that our systems are working for us and that we're not just using the systems just because right they need to be providing everything that we need from a a business a holistic business standpoint not just supply chain but you know all of the systems right. need to be able to talk for you to be able to create you know, success within your own organization. And so let's talk about the future for Catapult. What is next for Catapult? Well, um, 
you know, there's definitely a, a lot of plans uh, we have. Uh, we will for sure continue and, and we'll strive to to facilitate the digi- digitalization. That, that word always gets me. The digitalization uh, of, of the industry, uh, standardizing, you know, the rate formats and how that rate data is coming uh, from the different carriers, be it ocean, air, or ground, um, you know, getting that to a standard form and then really applying, um, you know, some more direct connectivity with those guys uh, to, to have that speed to market we discussed. That, that will be a continued focus for us. Um, we will have, you know, some product development coming. Uh, again, I mentioned a little bit about the tender management process. We have a solution, but there's more to come on that. Um, you know, there's other rate, related um products that were now in, in the mock-up stage and and maybe a little bit too early to 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 discuss here uh but we will be uh working through um in the next months and and then have some delivery uh at the end of of, of the year and and then you know what we have is uh, we're very lucky to have a parent company like Excelia. Um, Excelia is is um, focused in the airspace, so they provide a lot of uh, technology services to to airlines, both on the passenger and cargo side. Um, so we're you know uh, getting a lot of synergies with uh, the solutions that they have in their platforms. Um, you know, one one goal that I'm striving for and that they have in the cargo world is dynamic pricing through revenue management. Um, so the Excelia platform and solutions have this and, you know, uh, working closely with the team, you know, we're seeing where we can apply a lot of that know-how from, you know, what's being done in, in other modes and maybe from an airline perspective um, and then how to bring that to to the space that we're working with in, in the folder or ocean side. So a lot, a lot to come, uh, a lot of plans, um, to sum it up, we're going to be working on the continuous automation standardization of the industry. We've got some products coming on tender management and a few others. And then, and then it's the synergies that we have with Excelia as a group and, uh, leveraging a lot of the the platforms that they have to bring innovation to the to the industry. Well, that sounds so exciting, and I'm going to be one of those people that are going to be watching what you're doing and um, really excited to see that happen. So, with their deep domain knowledge, Catapult ensures accuracy, speed to market, plus smarter quoting and rate decisions optimizing your margins and helping you grow your business. If you would like to learn more about Catapult, Virgil, or this episode, please visit letstalksupplychain.com forward slash episode 103 or go to their website at gocatapult.com. Thank you to Laura, Glenn, and the team at Catapult for helping to make this episode possible. And thank you to Virgil for coming on the show and sharing his insights with us today. Sarah, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. 
This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder of Border Buddy, has to say. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. Border Buddy sees the struggle and has found a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce site, allowing you peace of mind when selling to customers in other countries. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com slash let's talk supply chain. If you like this episode, be sure to check out our episodes from 2019 under podcast at letstalksupplychain.com. Next week, learn more about how you can prevent damage and stay connected with your goods using Spotsy and their amazing brands for all supply chains in all industries. So stay tuned for that one next week. If you'd like to support the show, there's a few ways to do that. Follow us. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to our newsletter at letstalksupplychain.com. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And subscribe to us on YouTube, the SC Supply Chain TV. Next, ships.com, that's S-H-I-P-Z.com. Go and sign up so you will be part of the first group of people that will be working through our beta. Forwarders, you're going to want you're going to want this platform so that you can increase your efficiencies and um, get pricing out to new customers and mid-market shippers. This is going to make it super, super easy for you to get ocean and air freight pricing from freight forwarders that have been vetted. So go and try, sign up at shipz.com. Next, under shop at letstalksupplychain.com, I have 107 pages full of acronyms and definitions in our supply chain dictionary. So go and check that out. Plus, we've got all sorts of fun merch for the procurement and supply chain management professionals in your life. So go and check that out. Lastly, if you want to get noticed on an upcoming episode, rate and review the show on iTunes. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.